0: Hi, folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your
0: brand. Andrew Mehta on the Rider Flex Podcast. Hello, Andrew. Good morning.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: You're in Canada, I guess, somewhere.
1: Yeah, just turned afternoon here, actually.
0: Oh, oh, that's right. Okay, where are you? Vancouver or whereabouts are you?
1: I'm in Ontario. So it's uh it's noon here.
0: Ontario. All right. You're Canadian? Yeah. Do you have US citizenship as well or, or no?
1: No, no, unfortunately I don't. I still got to pay half, uh, half everything to taxes, you know, fully Canadian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm ignorant to the, how the taxes work in Canada. I really don't know. Is it, is it a lot, is it more, I mean, is it, is it more than what you would pay in the U S or about the same? I have no idea.
1: Yeah. I, I think like, um, for businesses, it's actually pretty good for, um, for people, there's a lot more public services, I would say. Uh, so you definitely pay more than certain States, like obviously Florida, um, or Texas, they would have lower taxes than all of Canada does, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, free healthcare. So if you ever need something, you just walk right into the, uh, emerge, you get it done. It's covered. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. So, um, even if I don't deal with those things every day, it's nice. It's nice and communal. You know, somebody needs a puffer. They don't have to pay $250 Mm -hmm. for they pick it up for 10
0: bucks. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We could do a whole podcast. Give and take we could do a whole episode on the free healthcare thing. <laughs> uh, you, you know, know. Uh, 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 the one thing I wish um, is I have lots of, I got some arthritis issues and I get, I get injections regularly in my back and Ooh. my neck for, for pain. And I keep hearing about all the stem cell stuff and these stem cell injections and how everybody's like, but of course insurance doesn't cover that yet in the U S mm-hmm. as far as I know. And then I'm like, man, what Okay. Then I think about places like Canada and like free healthcare. I wonder, can you get stem cell shots up there? How does that work? I need those.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I do too. So I was listening to a podcast about it. I listened to a few and I think you can actually get it in the States um if you pay cash, but it's different than yeah, yeah, it's different than what they offer in in like Panama and and Mexico. So I'm not a stem cell expert. I'm a I'm a yeah. pancake expert, but I get really bad neck pain. Me too. Um, And uh, it's like right at the right at the back of my head. Right. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that would fix that. And I've had a bunch of shoulder problems. I used to uh, I used to compete at a national level for Taekwondo when I was younger. So I have a a lot lot of of... like head and neck injuries. Um, But yeah, you can definitely get them. They do it in Texas for sure
0: okay so i heard that but is it is it something i'm not an expert either we're, we're both i'm, I'm ignorant to a lot of this but i think isn't it um, well we're just gonna
1: talk shit about it i guess so. i know right
0: right people will be responding they will be like you guys have no idea what you're fucking
1: talking yeah, about. yeah we're gonna look stupid uh, but it's okay
0: is it i think it's um you can get it if you pay cash but if you went to mexico like they can inject more quantity or something I, I i don't know it's something like that but anyway
1: yeah they can alter them they can alter them to make oh, okay. them uh more potent for what you want it to do which I mean, you can I not mean, do that in I the mean, u.s
0: i see i mean hey if it can if it can stop my pain i'll i'll do whatever like hey just tell me where to go i just don't want to be i'm not good with pain I, yeah. I, my wife is a good like, business right And I'm not good with pain, man. But uh, anyway, so you were a Taekwondo guy, huh? The national level. Wow. And like in high school or or college or or when? Yeah. From
1: when I was about 12 to 17, I was on Team Canada uh, as a black belt. A couple different degrees of black belt. Um, Yeah. Competed all around Canada, a little bit in the States. uh, So that was some short international stint. Um, Got my butt whooped by a Russian Uh, kid and got a concussion. And then after that, it was just all downhill. I've had a bunch of concussions. Um, Luckily, I've, you know, recovered, but I remember my first ones. um, It was right around the time when Sidney Crosby was starting to have concussions. And people didn't really care much or know much about concussions, right? So I remember going to like, the best uh, hospitals here where it was kind of like cutting edge research on concussions. And it was, um click these buttons on the screen as fast as you can you know rest uh my mom had to wake me up every hour if i was sleeping for too long i don't know if the protocol is still the same um but definitely had like a lot of pain uh, and long-lasting yeah. systems after uh, symptoms after that um but it was and fun that, it was a fun little career
0: and now you're all fucked up in the shoulders and arms and legs you wake up you, you sometimes you're like oh my god this hurts that hurts yeah,
1: yeah. My shoulders really bad. I've dislocated my shoulders a bunch doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually more so probably my fault like practicing groundwork. Uh Taekwondo is more stand-up fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. did a lot of bad stuff to my knees. So I'm like 27, but my body's going on 65 or something, <laughs> you know? So I need the stem cells too, man.
0: Uh anytime I talk to uh anybody that was martial arts or wrestlers, people that wrestled in high school and college and stuff. I mean, they just, they just, they just got, they got problems. They just got shoulder problems. knee <laughs> problems. Um, did you, I'm curious, did you ever in your whole life ever have to use that outside of competition, like at a bar or something like, you know, you're out with your friends and did, did you ever have to actually use it in a real life setting?
1: Uh, honestly no i think like every dumb young kid that goes out uh you know you get into street fights here and there uh they mostly end up just being stupid little tussles so not not really to be honest um the funny thing about other martial arts is like let's say jujitsu probably or muay thai it's definitely much more practical half of what you do in taekwondo um is is patterns right so like uh almost like a dance with fighting moves you know so you learn these things that's one side of competition the other side of competition is obviously sparring um but you know you're not just walking down the street like front kicking people um and (laughs) doing those kinds of things so uh it's cool because it's striking but a lot of uh a lot of street fights people actually don't end up striking at all it's like a lot of grappling so really like wrestling jujitsu that's better for people if they actually think they need to do that but I, see. I think as a young kid, I was super distracted um, and I was such a pain, you know, so my mom probably just wanted to send me anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and We saw this Taekwondo place. My family's Italian. The guy was Italian. Okay. Uh, he was one of the only like uh, eighth degree black belts in the world. So he was really, really accomplished. And uh, when we went in there the first time, he hit me with a stick. So my mom probably thought like, this is incredible, right? <laughs> Somebody else gets to hit him with something and maybe i'll have to do less of that so she sent me there and i i just loved it like i went since i was i think six or seven years old that's cool um, that's yeah cool. it was a lot yes. of fun
0: so you um were you a rebel kid were you a straight a straight a student were you like um somewhere in the middle always in trouble the cops called where, where were you in the mix there
1: <laughs> yeah um i felt i felt like school was really boring um I always got really good grades. I think uh, I did better in school, probably in high school than elementary school. I went to an all boys high school. So um, in elementary school, like the mixed gender or kind of like conventional elementary school I went to, I was just way too distracted, you know, recess, girls trying to make people laugh. Um, I always want to make people laugh. Um, yeah, so a, I was just, a, I, I think a real pain in the ass. And then in high school, I went to this all boys high school, super competitive. It's like a big hockey school here. It's hockey school. Um, Is it
0: like a Catholic, like a Catholic all boys school or what was yeah, it?
1: Yeah. So it's a Catholic yeah. all boys school. Okay. Okay. Um, pretty famous here. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's like, I love the competition there because there, um, if you were getting sixties, you weren't cool. Right. The guys <laughs> who were getting like. 90s, 95s, but also playing hockey, playing football, playing soccer, like those were the cool kids, right? So it really nice. kind of pushed you to be better. Okay. I never skipped class. I never took smoke breaks, okay. kind of like the things people would do, I guess, in normal high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. have that experience. Um, and then same thing. And then I went to university and I was just super bored. Um, so I felt like I probably should have challenged myself a little bit more. I ended up dropping out and starting my own businesses
0: so um how about alcohol drugs i mean were you any other your little casual stuff partying or like uh nothing major just the normal
1: no nothing major just regular guy stuff i like my uh i like my dirty martini once in a while um (laughs) i never really got into that other stuff to be totally honest with you
0: okay and what about your folks what they do your mom and dad what they do for a living
1: yeah so my dad had a construction company oh um like probably like all the other Italians that are going to be listening to this. And uh, <laughs> like all the other Italian moms, my mom, uh, she stayed home and okay. raised us.
0: Okay. Uh, and your dad, is he, st- are they still alive? Are they still married? What's their story?
1: Yeah, I know. my parents aren't married anymore. I haven't really, uh, I haven't seen my dad in- like probably eight years now
0: oh 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 all
1: right angie
0: that's, that's, <laughs> that's uh, what, what did you want what what happened oh, we do, st- are we doing this sustained relationship i mean you know this happens what eight years let's say how old are you i'm 27 27 so when you were 18 or say 17 or 18 yeah like 19 what, what, you guys, 19, guys 20 something what, like that what happened give us a Give us a, let me, let me guess. Let me guess. He okay. wanted you to work for right. him. You, you were doing some work for him or something. You were trying to work in the business. Something happened. Am I close? You're,
1: yeah. You might as well just tell the story for him. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's a pretty good one uh, Yeah. So um, yeah, he had a construction company, uh, very traditional guy. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, like he wanted everybody to, you have to follow the, the rule, right? Um, so my sister and brother were much better at that than I was. So I was always, I was always in trouble. Uh, my dad used to say things like when you get a paycheck, you put 30% in your savings, 10% in your or 30% your other, something like that. And the 40% you get to spend or something. And the, like they would set up their banking. So it would automatically pull from their paycheck. I'd get a paycheck and I'd be like, man, I want this new bike. I want a <laughs> PS five, like or PS three or whatever was out at the time. Um, and uh yeah so as i got older like when i turned 18 uh basically it was my job to kind of like run his business my brother does something else um my older sister i guess it's not my opinion but like my dad's opinion you know, she's a girl she's probably yeah. never gonna run in, in his eyes yeah. um and uh yeah so it's kind of on me and i i get to the to the job site and i just started feeling like it's not really something i wanted to do yeah you know i really loved sales i had like a short stint at this sales job um in uh Vaughan here where i live and like i love that and then i was telling you a little while ago i had uh, a short stint as a recruiter yeah. um that was kind of like right after the stuff with my dad but then basically when i didn't want to work for him anymore he was just like fine you don't want to listen to me like you don't get to you don't get to live here anymore you don't get to uh get oh, the, the oh so oh, cuz you we were still, like
0: you're still living at home, home. So I was I like he, he was like okay get out
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we had a nice life like i went to i went to private school um you know so we had a really really nice life and um i think that was like a huge turning point for me because um i would have grown up to be like such a spoiled brat i think um you know kind of like with my my parents money mm-hmm. uh, parents business kind of like everything handed to me mm-hmm. um and i'm sure you know how it is in those scenarios right like you get a bad mark in school your parents go they yell at the teacher it's a private school. They just changed the mark. Um, (laughs) you know, so it's like you, you never really face challenges. And then, uh, at one point it was, you know, kind of like mutual, like we were just fighting a lot. We were going, I was going back home. It's getting kicked out. I was getting going back home. And then eventually I was just, you know what, like, um, I probably don't have a future here. Um, and I got to make my own future. Right. So, um, I started some Shopify stores. That was my first first business. And actually, my girlfriend, who I'm still with today, she gave me her credit card to start my first Shopify store.
0: What were you doing? What uh, were you selling?
1: Oh, I was selling everything. So I had, from when I was 19 to 24, I had about like 24 Shopify stores, or maybe 20 to 24, something like that. Um, I was doing bath bombs, leggings, uh, phone cases, everything. Kitty litter, scoopers. Wow. It was the drop shipping wow. era, right? Wow. So. Okay. Um, All right. Drop shipping was huge. And I was out of my house. I was living uh, with my friends and their university campuses. I was living wherever I could in my car. And the only thing I was trying not to do was, sorry, go ahead.
0: Were you doing the Shopify thing while you were still at university or, or both? No, it was at,
1: that's why, that's kind of like why I I had to leave. Right. I couldn't really afford university anymore. And I felt like I'm not going to go into student debt for a business degree yeah but which i still parents, believe your, today your
0: parents, had, your parents had money they weren't gonna pay for your college or your dad was like i'm not paying well
1: me. i was i was i was out right so i didn't have access to that stuff <laughs> anymore. when you're when you're like 1920 you're still in university ah so, uh, okay and of course yeah, now you're, so i think now it was you're... like around second year i'm getting kind of some of the dates messed up
0: but Okay. Are right, you doing the Shopify yep. stuff? You're living with your friends. You're not in the inner circle with your dad anymore. You know that, you know, that movie where they draw the circle and there's a dot, you know, like you're not. Yeah. Here. Like I'm on the little dot on the outside. <laughs> are you still getting to it's go like, home? You the... know,
1: that thing, like you are here. You're <laughs> here. A giant it's like you yeah. are here.
0: <laughs> are you still getting to go home for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff or none of that? No,
1: nope. no, no. I missed that for about probably three years while I was out, mm. out of the house. All right.
0: Yeah, all right, all here. Right. Okay. All right. So you're doing your shop, I think. You got your girlfriend, you're living with your friends, and you're thinking, I'm just gonna are you making enough to like make a living? Like are you are you are you
1: you know Yeah, yeah. So eventually, uh, the thing that I was trying not to do is what I was gonna say was like I was trying not to let my girlfriend's family know that this is what was happening. I am Why?
0: a big Why? like
1: I'm a family man. Um because I always just thought like if this ever gets cleared up, this is probably something that's stupid. Uh, if this ever gets cleared up, I don't want them to like, think my dad's like insane, you know? Um, so I don't want them to think like he just abandoned his kid. Cause in our community, that's not really something you do. Uh, and when I tell people about this, like nobody ever understands it. They always ask me like, what did I, what'd you do? Right. What'd you do, Andrew? What'd you do? Um, and I tried for a long time, but I just, you know, I'm still trying to this day. I can't really, um, repair the relationship, but so I was making, making money and I was out of my, out of my house and I would go to like their Christmas party and I would buy a bottle at the LCBO and I'd say, like, Hey, it's from my dad, you know, Oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to go home and get changed. And like, I'd go in my car and get changed and <laughs> go get some like random bottle of alcohol. I'll be like, Oh, my dad gave me this when I went home. So I was trying to make it just seem like pretty normal. Right. And then, uh, one of the Shopify stores actually made like a lot of them were pretty successful, like six figure stores. Some of them were failures. I got close to seven figures, but never really passed that like annual sales with any of my Shopify stores. These were most just like quick, like flash in the pan trends and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, kind of like a means to an end. I I think what uh, got me to flourish is like, I really wanted to start a brand that I could kind of create and people could trust and rely on to deliver a good product as opposed to something where like, you know, you get to a customer service request and there's kind of no one there to pick up the phone. I see. Uh, so I ended up getting my first place. Um, I think I was like 23 or something like that. And then I told my girlfriend's family and I was like, Hey, look, you know, this is what's been going on. Uh, I've been lying to you about this and that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I hope you guys can accept me for it. And they did. And her, her father actually became the first, uh, investor in flourish.
0: Oh, really? So, okay. All right. Yeah.
1: He was like right. super impressed, I guess, with the what had happened and that I didn't kind of go to them and and try to mooch off them. I really wanted to just figure it out for myself. Right. I felt like the first time in my life, it was like, I'm going to, I have to figure something out on my own. You know, I'm not going to be able to call my mom or call the principal or call my dad or call my girlfriend's father. Like um, my dad was very much like you're 16. You're a man now, you know? So I was like 19. I was like, I've been a man for years now. (laughs) I got to figure this out. Right. Uh, And uh, try to punch uh... above my weight. Um, but okay, I'm here today. So I'm thankful for
0: it. Okay. When you started flourish, um, so you're, he's not your father-in-law cause you're not married yet. You're with your no, girlfriend. No, no, not yet. Okay. But he was your first investor and then plus your own cash, you bootstrapped it with whatever cash you had as well. Was it him and you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. Um, before we get into flourish, I just want to ask a few more questions. Um, the girlfriend, you guys, are t- uh, how come you're not married? You're not ready. You're not, she's not, you don't know for sure.
1: Uh, no, no, I know for sure. Um, I, I just don't, I I don't have the, uh, time right now, I guess we're, we're trying to prioritize the business and, you know, she really, um, she's awesome. She's always been like such a huge supporter of me. And even though it's a big priority for her, um, we just bought our first house. Like I think that her and I are on the same page with trying to actually build like a life for us and our future family, as opposed to do the things that, kind of society wants us to do
0: i understand um you bought a house together no kids no kids no kids no no my mom
1: would kill me no kids no
0: kids (laughs) Is she italian is your girlfriend italian she's yeah she's italian okay very good all right pretty cool pretty cool all right um you 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 can't call your dad now go over and be like dad let's just come on let's let's work
1: you want to call him
0: how old is he? True. He's probably sick. What is he? Sixty? Sixty-five, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you know, something. you know, those those guys, um, I always tell people I'm like, you know, it's a different breed, man. It's 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 it's, it's they are and, you know, my dad was the same way. I mean my dad was born in 37, you know, and he was just pretty hardcore, right? There's not he wasn't there wasn't a lot of hugs and kisses, and there wasn't a you know, yeah. It was, it was his it was his way. It didn't matter if he was right or wrong. And, uh, you know, he wasn't going to chase you. Like, my dad, if we were ever fighting it, about yeah. something, he wasn't going to be like, son, please come see me. And please, you know, like, no, no, no. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up in the, like, I'm sure you did too. But I grew up in the era, era where you were, like, still hitting your kids, you know, so I was getting oh, the belt, yeah. I was getting oh, food, spoon, yeah. I was getting Absolutely. the brew. Yes. Um, yes. So, yes. you know, it was it was different time. You and, your, um, okay. all right. you and your mom good yeah and i feel like we're yeah yeah so like mom brother sister all good um all good i'm kind of the youngest i, I am the youngest of the family and uh my okay. sister just had a kid i'm, I'm the godfather of the kid. so oh, cool. Cool, um cool. i'm trying to like they sacrificed a lot they sacrificed that relationship too right like my parents ended up getting divorced my brother and sister i guess um have the same kind of relationship with the old man. So they oh. I feel like they sacrificed that for me. Um okay. or maybe just what was right. I feel like I was in the right year. So you know, point for Andrew.
0: <laughs> I finally got to a point. We'll get off, we'll get off of this dad topic. I finally got to a point where as my dad got older, I just kind of accepted that whatever we were disagreeing about or whatever we were arguing about, like I was never gonna win. Like he he was never gonna say, You're 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 right, you know, like. And I finally yeah. just like I finally was just like okay you know let's see. I, I just started letting it go you know I just like okay dad you're right can we just move on whatever the topic was uh, anyway um all right so tell me how how did you come up with flourish how how did how did it happen because you're doing the Shopify thing how did this whole pancake mix thing happen talk to me about it give me the Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was was pretty cool. So, um, like I mentioned before, pretty active my whole life, um, out of my own place. Right. So, or out of my parents' place. So into my own spot and kind of coming to the realization that like, I was so dependent on my mother or a drive through to (laughs) consume food that, uh, (laughs) I just had like nowhere to go. Right. And I get into this place and I'm like, man, what do I do? Do I just like order pizza? So I was just ordering pizza, eating cold pizza in the morning or going to a, a Tim Hortons or a Starbucks or a McDonald's. And I, I, I tell people like I was pretty much just eating out of a wrapper all day, every day, like three meals a day through a drive through pretty much yeah. um, because I just didn't know how to cook and I didn't really prioritize it. I felt like um, my time was so important. My time working on the business was so important that I just couldn't stop and take a minute to to cook a meal. Um, and that was so naive because the way that I was eating was actually slowing me down. Right. So, um, my brother is a chef Oh. and I reached out to my brother and I said, like, you know, we hadn't spoken in a little while. And I was like, Hey, can you help me with something? Uh, I really want to make this product to replace Eggo waffles. So flourish was supposed to be a frozen waffle business. Um, granted, I knew nothing about food. I knew nothing about grocery. I knew nothing about shipping. All that I knew was like, buy something from China for $2, sell it online for $4 <laughs> and try to make a margin in between or something like that. Why the um, Eggo waffle?
0: What, 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 where'd that come from? Was that your favorite thing? Was that your, was that your, go-to? Yeah, that was
1: my favorite thing every morning. Like I would wake up, my mom would have an Eggo waffle with Nutella, peanut butter and a cafe latte. So like an espresso milk, probably oh. like a tablespoon of sugar. Um, okay. You know exactly. how it is. Like when you're, when you're a parent, you just give your kid whatever they want. So they shut up and kind of get out of bed <laughs> and go to school. Right. Um, so <laughs> that was me, probably. My mom was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to get whatever he's going to eat. and cause me, cause me another problem. Um, and I was addicted to those. Like I had those every day. Right. And I was like, I want that again, but I want it to be healthy. Like I'm gaining weight. I'm not really feeling too good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was starting to learn more about health and wellness, but then also on the business side, I didn't really feel like what I was doing was to my maximum potential, um, especially ethically right? Like it was a means to an end for me. Um, I was going to a library, I was going to a university and like setting up these stores using somebody else's credit card. I kind of had to find a way to make money any way I could. And I knew it wasn't going to happen like working at a local restaurant or something as a bartender. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to drop ship forever. Uh, I want something, I think personally, I, I want to, um, kind of be relied on. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, they want to create value for other people and they want that good feeling that people can get value from them. Right. Um, so I want my team to kind of be able to rely on me for, you know, an income for a challenge, for learning opportunities, for community. I want my, um, family to be able to rely on me. And I think also then like customers, I want them to rely on my brand and know that there's good people behind it. Right. So, um wanting to kind of like serve the world better and serve people around me better, I, I knew that what I was doing in dropshipping wasn't gonna get me there. Okay. Um okay. so yep. I started flourish after about a year and a half of having it myself. And I was like, I'm gonna make the most transparent brand. I'm gonna manufacture it myself, which we still haven't accomplished that goal yet. But I'm just gonna like take shots at all the healthy breakfast companies and try to repair the breakfast of future generations right so we started off with a pancake mix instead of a frozen waffle um my brother and i were supposed to go into business together um my brother obviously at the time was still living at my my parents house with my dad so still under the and he's the chef
0: control he's 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 a chef chef.
1: so he he had his own business he's a pastry chef actually so he had his own baking business i see so still living in my parents house and uh we start i start flourish online we kind of started it together we it as, as co-found as co-founders as co founders did you draw up did you uh, did you
0: draw up like all the llc the operating agreement like did you have like all the paperwork or no no, just... no we didn't do anything uh, like not, that not, we were not, just not, like you know, not, we're okay. brothers you know it was okay. just like 50-50 80-20 right.
1: right. whatever it was so okay. um i launched flourish online i pre-launched it like 7000 people sign up so for us it was massive right how um, how did you let's they,
0: stop right i want to stop right there for a second for the listeners Uh, So a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs listen to the show. How, how did you get, how did you just, I'm starting a brand and 7,000 people are like, yes, how'd you do that? (laughs) Well, that
1: was my bread and butter at the time, right? So it was uh, creating email lists. Uh, There wasn't really much SMS at the time. There's a lot of email automation. Um, It was a lot of influencer campaign work. It was a lot of ad work. Um, So creating ads, running ads, and kind of like my bread and butter was Facebook ads. And at the time, you know, Facebook was still the number one area to attract customers. And then email was the number one way to retain them, right? So we were giving people 50% off if they signed up to the pre-launch. So if you bought six bags or more, uh, you would have got free shipping. So basically everybody bought six bags. And then uh, we gamified it, right? So... Uh, we were telling people, you know, if you invite a friend, you get an extra free bag. If you invite 10 friends, you get a t-shirt whatever it was. Uh, and that actually brought in 80% of our signups.
0: How about that? And They're you all verified your, signups. You taught yourself all that during your Shopify experiences. And you you basically just taught yourself all that Facebook ads, all this stuff.
1: You, yeah. yep, Yeah. Yeah. It's super okay. simple. I think that, um, you, it, to do it at scale takes a lot of, um, patience and you need to be very structured, but to do it yourself, you know, for a one man organization, uh, it takes a lot of creativity and a lot of problem solving. So if you don't like beating your head against the wall, then probably don't get into advertising. Um, but I believe, and I've heard other entrepreneurs with bigger businesses than mine share the same belief is that the founders should be involved in the customer acquisition for your business, whether that's your sales. Like I do a lot of grocery sales right now, um, or your online customer acquisition. You know, uh, a few years ago, the founder of Manscaped was still running ads for Manscaped. Uh, The founder of Native was always running ads for Native until Native Mm -hmm. sold, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of these brands, um, it takes like such precision to find the right customer. And then you need to be very agile because they move quickly. Mm. Right. So it's like whack-a-mole and you got to go find the next one. Uh, And I think that's a a passion that only like a founder can have, especially in their early days. Mm, So I mm. was super invested in that.
0: Agreed. So you launched the pancake mix. Was it one flavor, two flavors? How many did you launch when you, when you went live? Uh,
1: It was three flavors, buttermilk, chocolate, and vanilla. Um, We called it Alti Way at the beginning. Uh, It got rebranded like Alti W-H-E-Y. Okay. Um, it got rebranded to flourish by an agency that did all the packaging and stuff like that for me for free. Uh, how did you talk God, like, a, like
0: a co, Was the copa was the copacker the same as the marketing agency? Was that all one company? No, or it was
1: a separate branding agency, um, who I, I just called people and begged and I was like, Hey, this is my story I'm trying to start this brand. Um, you can put it on your website and then, like you try to get people to believe in you uh, they did $90,000 of work for $6,000. And then I was like, guys, I don't have $6,000. And, uh, they saw the pre-launch and they were like, if we can submit this to, uh, an award show, then we'll just do it for free. And I was wow, like, sure you, you can submit it to an award show.
0: Great job, Andrew. That's really a, a great tip for any aspiring entrepreneurs, people starting out. I mean, you can work deals. You you can I mean, if you find the right. Yeah. People want to help
1: people. Yes.
0: Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you just got to find those right people. And like, maybe you won't be able to to work a deal with, with guy one of one or girl one of one, but you might be able to work a deal with, you know, one of a hundred. Mm-hmm. So um again, like business is about just bashing your head against the wall and, you know, trying to keep on going, get through that wall, get to the next one. Uh, I'm sure you know that. And I'm sure the other entrepreneurs that are listening know that too. Um, so it's a lot harder and more lonely than people think. And I think like at scale, it only gets more difficult. Mm-hmm. That was kind of one of my big mistakes was I thought, um, you know, when, once this gets bigger, once this gets to 5 million, once it gets to 10 million, once it gets to 50 million, it just becomes easier. It doesn't become any easier. No. Um, no. your problems just become different. Right. <laughs> and my problem early on, I was going to say was when well, we had these people sign up, we had 7,000 people buy at least six bags. And, uh, my brother had a facility where he was going to produce it. That was our agreement. You make it, I sell it and everybody's happy. Um, my brother goes on a family trip to Italy for three weeks and takes the key to his bakery. And he says like, nobody can come to my bakery unless I'm there. My brother's very particular. Uh, he's like, you can't go unless I'm there. So like, you gotta like tell people you're not making it or make it somewhere else. Um, (laughs) So again, my girlfriend comes in and saves the day. She introduces me to her cousin who has a bakery. And it was actually, it was a gluten-free bakery. So she was letting me go into her gluten-free bakery at night. uh, But she only had a blender that could make 14 bags at a time. So I was going in from about nine at night till about three in the morning, trying to make as many bags as I could. It was 14 bags in a 20 minute batch. So I had to blend for at least 20 minutes. And there was only like one of those, uh, Hobart bread stand mixer. So I would hand bomb it into the bag, seal it, uh, heat seal it, write the best before date on the back with a, with a Sharpie and then put it in a box at 3am. I would take it to the office. And now that I'm thinking about it, my girlfriend did a lot for me. So my girlfriend's fa- my girlfriend's uncle was letting me use an office wow. um, for a little bit. Wow. I would bring it to his office, I would bring it to the office that he was letting me use uh, in the middle of the night, go home, go to bed, wake up, then bring all the orders to Canada Post, like label them, whatever you got to do. So pack them, find some time to run some more ads, and then by time like nighttime came back around, I'd go back to the bakery and make more product. Did you? Uh, have, and I did that until I made all the bags.
0: Were you following? Like at that point, you're not. Are you like uh, uh, when you're making food? Don't you have to like follow certain rules or have be be approved? I don't know what all. Yeah, the- well,
1: she was still in a she was still in a like safety certified facility, and like there's no real rules about. Um, okay. How big your blender has to be? Like you gotta you gotta wear a hairnet. It has to be. Uh, there has to be a pest control program. There needs to be a food safety program. Our our product's very 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 low risk. I see. Um, there's like okay. nothing active, and it. it's not like eggs or meat or poultry or something like that or juice where it can spoil. Um, really the, she had a problem cause so I was making a gluten product in a gluten-free facility. Uh, but as long as you do a wash down the next morning, I see. you're fine. I um, see. so yeah, why she really you, did me a solid.
0: Why didn't you, um, cause you had people making the marketing and the packaging and then you were buying supplies from somebody. Why didn't you just get a co-packer to just make it?
1: I just didn't even know what a co-packer was at the okay. time. I didn't <laughs> okay. know what any of this stuff was. Like I knew drop shipping, right? Okay. Um, and even, you know, a few months after I launched, I met my, my second investor, Arlene uh, Dickinson from the Dragon's Den. So it's Canadian version of Shark Tank. I
0: see. Um,
1: yeah, and um, she's a very popular host or investor on the show for the last, I think, like 10 years. A yeah. um, very prominent Canadian businesswoman. She supported us really early on. And one of the things she told me is that if I want to be successful, I need to be omnichannel. So this is already, I think, like six months into business. I got to figure out how to go get into a store. Um, Because up to that
0: that point, you're just direct to consumer from your website.
1: I'm I'm just DTC. And she was like, this isn't going to last. You got to be omnichannel.
0: Um,
1: I had a huge ego. I was like, man, these stores, how much do you really sell in a store? I'm going to sell everything online. Uh, She was right, actually. Like, look at today and and the state of the e-commerce kind of supply chain is really, really bad. So we're lucky that we have omnichannel to fall back on. but. I went to a store and, and the buyer was like, Yeah, we'll carry this. Can you go DSD? And I was like, What's DSD? And she's like, DSD. And I was like, Yeah, I don't know what that is. And she was like, DSD? And I was like, You just keep saying an acronym to me. Um, it's not gonna just ring a bell. Like, I'm not just gonna figure out what this is, right? So it was direct store delivery. She was like, Go home and Google it. So I left this buyer meeting, went home to go Google what DSD was. And I called her back and I was like, Yeah, I don't think we can do that because you have a store an hour away. How am I gonna drive it there? And she was like, Yeah, you gotta get a you gotta get a um distributor. So I found a distributor. A distributor told me, hey, there's these guys called co-packers. <laughs> so then I learned what a co he was like, you want to work with me, you got to get a co-packer. But <laughs> so I went to go get a co-packer, I got a distributor, and got the store, wow. and happy. We were on the channel wow. and then started kind of
0: expanding across the country. Wow. How about that? How you about when figure you got it to- out a step at a, a step at a time? Yeah, yeah, you're you're figuring it out as as you went along. That's pretty awesome. The the uh, Arlene, I think you said was that her name? Um, yeah. Did you have, did you have to do like a pitch, like a pitch deck and a proposal? Did you have all your shit, or you just met her and she's like, "Yeah, this is cool, let's go."
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not I'm not a super uh, like, or I don't write a lot of things down. I'm not very organized in that sense. Like I wasn't writing a business plan. You know, oh, by month yeah. six, I'm going to do this. I was yeah. kind of just operating the business, like most small business owners do. Yep. Um, so she invited us to her accelerator program, which she hosted out in Calgary. Uh, and they said, Hey, we've seen your ads. We want you to apply early to the accelerator. So um, I did a video application. I, I wrote the entire business plan on the Google form where it was like, what's your name? What's your business name? What's your business? plan?" I just wrote a business plan. Um, so maybe the video interview did well, cause she, uh, let me into the accelerator program. And then uh, a few months after the accelerator, we beat, we got an investment from her and then we got another investment. We became the first company in seven years to ever get follow on capital uh from the accelerator. So I ended up having a really, really close relationship with the team there at District Ventures. Um and they're like the number one, they're the number one game in town for CPG investment in Canada. I, I would see. say maybe even North America. Like they're one of the largest funds. Um and they just have all the right people and they they say the right thing. So I and was wondering if they, move with, along. I, I You're lucky they to- found
0: me. As you as you move along, you're learning about cap tables and equity and dilution and taking cash and you, you just learn it. you're just learning. You're just you just okay, I'm learning this today, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So uh funny like thing, kind of go back to the family stuff. My uh my mom's last name is uh Andriano on my mom's side, right? And she always says that uh she says you were you're you are you're a Meta, but you were born in Andriano. Um my it's just her weird way of saying that I'm a lot like my grandfather and her brothers and like her side of the family. They all own businesses. They're all movers and shakers. Like my okay. grandfather, the guy was born in like 1910, you know, he lived to be, I think a hundred years old, came here on a boat, figured it out, no cell phones, no internet. And yeah. there were times when he had a coffee truck business. Right. So, uh, there were times when he's he's out of coffee filters. He would go to a local store. He'd buy socks, put it on, use a sock as a as a coffee filter. Like just those kinds love of it. people that that figure it. it out, you know. Love it, love um, it, love it. And my nono, my 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 nono, or my grandfather was the kind of guy who it was like if you would say to him, "Hey, can you do DSD?" He would go, "Yeah, of course I can do DSD," you know. And then he would leave not knowing what DSD is. He would figure it out and then get it done oh, right. So I, so when people would ask me for cap tables and things like that, I would just remember my mom saying like, you're, you're a beta, but you were born in an Andriano and I'd be like, yeah, cap table. Oh, I just not on this computer. It's on my other computer, you know, <laughs> and then I have to go home and figure out how to make a cap table
0: um, <laughs> or so whatever good. they needed. Right. But man, I that's business.
1: It. That's the honest truth. Um,
0: it really like, is. Yeah.
1: You know, Mark Zuckerberg's, goes to Harvard, starts Facebook. There's lots of people like that too. But the majority of people who are contributing like wealth and value to the economy are people who are, yeah. are figuring it out and getting the right people alongside them, which is actually what you guys do. Um, kind of yep. a little segue there, but yeah. getting the right people alongside them to help them create more value for people and, and for themselves and their employees. Right. And And they're just people who are passionate and are smart enough to go figure it out and maybe didn't, you know, go to Wharton or Harvard or wherever it is. You have to go to become Mark Zuckerberg.
0: I love, I love the hustle, man. I love the hustle. I love the attitude. You know, the grit of just figuring it out, which is, it's that's what it takes to be an entrepreneur. If you don't have that, you know, you're not going to make it. I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this episode and you like living in your perfect little world and getting up every day and doing your little doing your little routine and then going home and watching your little TV show and taking your dog for a walk with no stress. Like if you want that world, you don't be an entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, um, you know, maybe this in, in 2022 is not necessarily the right thing to say, cause it's all about work-life balance. But I, I think, especially in the early days, I just never believed in work-life balance. Yeah. Um, I met this I, I met this other entrepreneur who started around the same time as me, and I'd call him sometimes in the middle of the day. People who know me, they know that I just call. Yeah. If I ever need to talk to you, I'll FaceTime you, I'll call you. I don't text, I don't email. I want to hear your voice, right? Great. Because uh, I want to get it done now. Yes. Uh, or five Thank minutes you. ago, even. Yes. And um, I'd call this guy, and he'd be like, hey, can't answer at the gym. And it's like 2 p.m., this guy's at the gym. And I would text him, and I'd be like, man, what are you doing at the gym? Like, you know, he'd be like, oh, I got to go to the gym to feel good so I could, like, do better in my business I'd be Like, okay that guy's out of business now. Um, And I don't want to say the gym is directly correlated to that, but I just mean like, you know, discipline is not just always doing the things that you hate to do. Right. It's about thinking about the things that you should be doing and then actually doing it. Right. So um, those don't need to be things that you love or that you hate just needs to be the right thing. Mm -hmm. And in business, especially as a small business, You need to bat a 1,000 every single day. Every little decision that you make, you have to be sure that you're making the right decision for you and your business. Um, And the second that you mess up is a fumble and the bigger business gets further ahead every single day or your competitor who's smaller and scrappier than you gets further ahead every single day. So it's kind of like two steps forward, three steps back, right? And you want to get as many two steps forward as you can before you take one of those three steps back if you really want progress. yeah. Uh, and that's about like discipline, decision-making, and and just being in the grind, staying in the pocket.
0: It is so true that um, it, the hustle and the work ethic and the, the the things that you have to put in to be a business owner. I always tell people this. I always say, look, being an employee for a company is easy compared to being an entrepreneur. Seriously, I mean for the most part, it's easy. Depends on your
1: boss, but yeah,
0: it's usually <laughs> it's usually easier. Yeah. It's easy. I love what you said about the phone. I just want to pick up on that and emphasize for anybody listening. God, I I, I and you're only 27, I think you said 28.
1: Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love the fact yeah. that you
0: have that attitude. I, I, I tell my team all the time, you know, we as you mentioned, we have a recruiting firm. I mean, besides the Rider Flex podcast, we pay the bills as a recruiting firm. You know the team members will be talking about whatever there's an issue right uh is johnny this Mary that you know and, well i emailed her and i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting for this you know i emailed her, so i'm like did you call her have you call- yeah well, it's, I said, it's I said always I, said, I emailed
1: and i'm waiting for i email and
0: i'm waiting i hate i hate it when people say that i emailed and i'm waiting like no no call her right now yeah you know exactly. they'll be like well um yeah you know johnny and mary the, you know they're not really getting along. i'm like get them on the phone Gets exactly clean. exactly <laughs> it, i know it's,
1: honestly it's just i don't know why people don't like the phone i want to hear people i want to hear someone's voice especially if somebody's like avoiding me i want to hear you lie to me like lie to my lie to my face <laughs> and i'll be much happier than like hey i had to miss this meeting i was out with covid like you've had covid nine times this year <laughs> hey sir can it like hey sorry, we missed your <laughs> packaging thing the whole line had covid like I get COVID. I'm not trying to say that COVID, you know, I'm trying to be one of those people. I'm just pulling it up as an excuse out of thin air, but it's like, I get out of jail free card. It's like a lie to my, lie to my face. So I can at least hear you. Um, Mm -hmm. or if we're going to come to a solution, which is better, like we'll do that in two seconds on the phone.
0: It goes so much faster. That's the thing people need to understand. You will move at light speed. If you'll just pick up the phone, Uh, you know, we could do a whole episode on that topic. Okay. So as of today, um, flourishpancakes.com just so everybody has the url um also andrew if you want to connect with him uh on linkedin andrew made m-a-i-d-a you can look him up there send him a connection request as of today um how many SKUs are you selling uh what do you got here
1: so we got seven in canada uh -hmm. and we have the same seven in the states just US packaging, Uh, we're moving into a whole bunch of different uh, areas of breakfast focused on low sugar, high protein, uh, and really trying to transform like those nostalgic things that we loved in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, kind of bring them into the future. Um, Based on the building blocks, these foundational building blocks of nutrition, right? Lower your sugar intake, increase your protein, you'll feel fuller longer, you'll snack less, so you'll intake less calories and you'll just live a better, healthier life. Um, and those protein is a, is a building block and sugar is like a killer of your progress. Right. So Mm. Mm. we don't really follow fad diets. Um, we're, we're not trying to be, uh, you know, cricket protein on trend, like in that kind of sense, we're just trying to give people good whole foods for the mass market. Right. I want that 80% 80% of North Americans who care about what they're eating, but will slip up once in a while and just want to make better decisions at home. That's our customer. And that's the person that the food industry really needs to help. Okay. Um, not the not the 6% of people who are getting organic everything, but the people who are eating Lay's chips or Chips Ahoy and want to make better decisions in those categories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that's where food really needs to focus. And that's where the largest market is. And, and that's where we're focused.
0: Okay. And can you get it on Amazon or only, uh, where's it available?
1: It's available everywhere, uh, in stores everywhere. If you're in Canada, online, uh, or on Amazon in the U S and then we got about a thousand stores in the States. We're still rolling out. So New York, Texas, you'll find us in a lot of different stores, Pete's fresh market. Uh, if you're in Illinois Lowe's, if you're on the East coast, uh, Bristol farms, if you're in California, so we're, we're sprinkled We we have our okay. fingers in every little pie across the States, but no big, uh, Kroger Albertsons accounts or anything like that. Yeah. Still working on it.
0: But wholesale now is your biggest part of your business, right? I'm sure your wholesale yeah. is way, way more than your oh, yeah. revenue. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wholesale outpaces e-commerce. E-commerce for us is the, is really the engine that drives the business forward. Like that's our, our customer acquisition, uh, platform. So we say that, mm. uh, awareness consideration, trial, and addiction happen online, right? So you hear about us, you think about us, you try us, you buy us more than once. That's kind of my uh, e-commerce funnel. That's been our hypothesis since day one. Uh, After that, we give you an option. We kind of say like red pill, blue pill. Do you want to be an e-com shopper or do you want to be a retail shopper? And we have different ways of asking these questions to our consumers because mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a weird question to ask. Hey, Steve, you want to be a retail shopper or an e-com shopper? It's sometimes totally, both. Sometimes both. It's not as, not as sexy, but yeah, sometimes both. So we'll give people that choice and then we'll, we'll actually segment them, right? And we'll start saying, hey, retail shopper, you can get it here. It's on sale here. Here's some flyers. Here's some recipes or e-com shopper. You know, you can subscribe. Here's our Black Friday deal. Here's some recipes. Here's some inspiration. Okay. Um and yeah, just giving giving people what they want at the right time is kind of what e commerce does for us. And then wholesale is that place to be, right? Wholesale is ninety mm-hmm. percent uh, of the time North Americans are buying the same eighty products at the grocery store. You know, how can we get into that shopping cart and stick there ninety percent of the time? Right, that's mm-hmm. our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So really, that long long term purchase happens at retail.
0: Okay. What's the plan, Andrew? I mean, I know you're having fun building this and it's been, it's been a good ride so far. Are you, are you just like, Hey, I'm just growing it or, or is there like a secret whiteboarded plan? Okay. When I get to here and then I'm going to sell it or I'm going to flip it. What, 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 you know, what's the I'm plan? I'm looking at my
1: whiteboard. It's empty. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun building this business. I think we're doing something that's super impactful. I love the people that I'm meeting in the space. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very pragmatic. I want to do the best thing for um, my customers and for my shareholders. So if that means, you know, kicking ass and taking names all the way till I'm um, the size of Kellogg's, then I'll do that. If that means joining a great brand like that, then I'll do that. If that means partnering with smaller brands, really, um, like I said, you know, you got to bat a thousand. So these are decisions that I can't write into stone and okay. put into the future because I don't know what the future is going to be like, uh, but Kell- we'll
0: see. Has Kellogg called yet? Have you got any phone calls? I I can't
1: tell the phone's. I can't tell you the phone is uh, always ringing though. I told you I'm a Uh, phone guy. The phone's always (laughs) ringing. Uh,
0: yeah, don't sell yet. I'd wait. I'd wait. I mean, I don't know uh, what.
1: No, no, no. We're not. We're not going anywhere yet. We we have a lot of work to do.
0: Uh, we're actually hiring. So here we go. We got to talk offline. You you after this. Yeah, man. Well, we'll 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 talk. uh, Ryderflex wants to help uh, grow the business for sure. Um especially if my wife can get a few free samples and then I can do some social media posts about it. Yeah, for sure. Um and then that means no fees or are we are we done with we fees? could we could talk. We got to talk. Yeah, well that's working a deal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, you you are you are a hustling deal maker cuz you got this shit. You got this whole the whole packaging, $90,000 worth of work. Um um let me ask you this. Are you still in charge, man? I mean, can you share? I don't know how much you want to share. Are you still have you been diluted on your own personal equity are you still cap table captain <laughs> <laughs> uh of
1: course like uh you know we have shareholders and they've participated in in the business uh, and without them i honestly i wouldn't be here um but, but yeah there's still a, there's still a lot in it for me for okay. sure um All right. Very and good. cap table captain is uh shared responsibility amongst a few of us which uh,
0: I'm oh, one okay. of them so Okay.
1: Okay. They say so good I- boards don't fight though Steve, you know. So we don't ever that stuff never really comes into play for us.
0: Uh, well, okay. I hope it doesn't. I mean, uh, that's good so far. But what what about your brother? What'd you do Leave him behind? Were you like, "Yeah, okay, you're done. Get out." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he told me that he's like, listen, I don't think I want to do this, uh, you know, because he was getting in arguments with my dad about helping me. My dad was like, you shouldn't be helping Andrew. He's not part
0: of our family anymore. So, Oh, my God. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. I got to get your dad on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, Come on. So, come uh, on. yeah,
1: if, if you get him on here, I'd be surprised. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, my brother has shares. My sister has shares. My girlfriend, my girlfriend's brother, uh, your father-in-law, girlfriend's mother-in-law, my mother. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, father-in-law, I'll call him, um, and my goddaughter, all have shares. Oh, so, nice. Okay, um,
0: that's cool. That's very good. Very good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, are you in a cash raise now? Do I need to? Do you need to send me a teaser or something so I can flip it over to? But <laughs> like, you want me to like? Send uh, we you we are. Money? We actually
1: just became profitable, so that's nice. a huge milestone for us. Um, cool. Yeah, we passed a pretty big revenue milestone. Uh, mm-hmm. We were named Canada's top fastest growing food company. Ninth fastest growing business of any sector in, in all of Canada. What? Um, and right. we actually just became profitable. So we are raising, but the beauty of what I get to do now is I get to kind of just sit back and chill um on the raise, right? Whereas before I was like begging investors to invest, <laughs> but trying to play it cool at the same time and be like, no, I got lots of I got lots of capital to keep going, and then they get your they get your uh, statements, and they're like, "Dude, you're out of money in 60 days, so call me in 60 days." Uh, but now I'm now I'm chilling. I'm just looking for the best partner to kind of help us take this to the next level. So
0: very good. We'll talk about that offline. I want to tell the tell the listeners real quick. I can so relate when when Scott and I started RiderFlex. We used to have it the uh, we called it the uh, how many days until we're dead meeting. And what we would do would be, we would be like, okay, we got this much cash. Okay, if we don't get another customer that we can last for this forever, we got another 62 days before we're out of cash. Okay, cool. Ready, break. And then we just keep going. I like that.
1: <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. It gives you uh, like a time bound objective.
0: Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, Andrew, uh, congrats, man! I mean, really, really cool story. I, I, I love the brand. Uh, the marketing's good. The the website's great. It's healthy for the consumer. It's a it's a fun uh, brand that makes you kind of want to be part of it, right? You want to be like, I want to be part of this. By the way, seven thousand followers on that, Facebook. Right? I, I saw, you know, so yeah, you got you got some good traction, man. It's probably only a matter of time before a big brand calls. Another few years, they call and you cash out. Then you you and your girlfriend take a year or two off, and then you do something else.
1: <laughs> I'm going to tell him. Steve told me not to do it. I'm gonna say, Steve told me not yet.
0: That's yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. not yet. Andrew, thanks for sharing your story on the Rider Flex podcast, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.